Check Me Out is a production of Panhandle PBS and Amarillo College's FM90 and is a part of the Great American Read from PBS. Local partners include the Amarillo Public Library, the Harrington Library Consortium, and Amarillo College. With the support from Barnes & Noble Booksellers, the Corporation of Public Broadcasting, and the Anne Ray Foundation. Professor Inch had asked me to come over to the college to speak to his English lit class, and I thought, well, I don't know what I'm going to talk to his English lit class about, but okay. (laughs) Well, almost the first words out of his mouth before we could even get seated at the table. So, what was your favorite chapter in the book? (laughs) I guess from the look on my face, he realized I hadn't read the book. (laughs) (laughs) You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this. Welcome to Check Me Out, a podcast for book lovers. I'm Amy Hart. Today we have a very, very special guest. We will be talking to Mary Badham, who played Scout in the film To Kill a Mockingbird. With me, I have two guests. I'm going to start with Hillary. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Hillary Holsey. I am the content manager at Panhandle PBS, and I also teach the introductory film class at Amarillo College. And I think it would be easy to say that I am a To Kill a Mockingbird mega fan. So I (laughs) wanted to tag that on there. Well, I'm glad you're here then. (laughs) And Marcy, go ahead. I'm Marcy Robinson. I teach uh, speech classes here at Amarillo College. And I'm also a To Kill a Mockingbird mega fan. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you're here as well. Thank you so much for agreeing to talk with us. And uh, we're really excited about, obviously, To Kill a Mockingbird was nationally voted the best book for the Great American Read, which is why we're here. It's actually why we started this podcast. Uh, We want to talk about books today. I think we're going to start out with Hillary. She's going to start with our first question. How are you today? Very well, thank you. Awesome. Okay. Um, So I, you know... We all thought To Kill a Mockingbird was going to win, frankly. And I think that's because it still really resonates with people, even in 2018. And I, I just wanted to know why you think that, you know, the book is set itself in the 30s and then the movie came out in the 60s. Why do you think it still resonates even today with everyone? Well, I think it addresses all of the same things that we're still dealing with. More than ever, we're dealing with single parent parenting and we're dealing with uh, all of the racial issues in that that we would hope that would be gone are still with us unfortunately and you know we're still dealing with drug addiction medical I think that speaks directly to today with uh, Ms. Dubose and with mental issues with Boo but most of all, I think, you know, the the uh, the great example of parenting that Atticus gave us was, you know, so wonderful. But I think we need to really look at all of these these issues as current. Uh, we're we're still dealing with them and and to come together as a community in love. When you were talking about all the issues that still resonate today, uh, you know, single parenting, drug addiction, and, uh, of course, racial issues, I even thought there's a certain piece of the book and, of course, movie that class, you know, issues and, you know, how we treat the very, very poor 
and, you know, what we think about the very poor and sometimes, you know, um, just being ignorant. I don't know if that's a correct word, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Um, And how, you know, very, very impoverished people, you know, are seen and, and treated. So, and that's another thing we're still dealing with. Yeah, and and education, you know, and and reading and the access to reading uh, is is very important. Um, that's one of the things that I talk with uh, when I go into high schools, colleges, universities. It's so important to read to your children to help them, and when you've got money situations where people are very, very poor, you go into those homes, there's no books, there's no pencils, there's no paper, there's not even the chance of being able to put that child forward unless someone is willing to take their time to help and go the extra mile to lift those people up. That's one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when Atticus is, uh, or Scout is reading to Atticus and uh, she's learning how to read. And then you see later on, because I guess Atticus is more of, they're more of an affluent family, even though they're still poor, they have access to books. Whereas Walter Cunningham, you know, he, he doesn't have anything, so he doesn't know how to read. Right. Um, and the Yules, of course. Yes. You know. Yeah. And when, when they're trapped like that, they can't get out of their own county you know, they can't even get out of their own area where they are around their house, then they're not exposed to anything that makes them want to reach out. One of the things that I express to the children is not just that reading's important, but that travel is important, that if they if they get the opportunity to go to Aunt Nancy's or something and stay with her and she lives in another state or to go on a mission program to another country to help out in a disaster or whatever, go. Um, Because that opens up questions uh, and it, it gives you the opportunity to meet with other people and discuss with them and then maybe pricks your interest into certain areas of their culture where you want to read up on on maybe their culinary likes and dislikes and and how their diets are different from ours and how their uh, religion may be different than yours it's 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 it all kind of makes you grow uh, and I love to see children, when you see their minds open like little flowers, when they've read a book that really lights up their eyes, you know, where they're really excited about it. And Mockingbird, luckily, is one of those books that just kind of touches on a lot of this stuff, and it, it really intrigues children. It, it definitely intrigued me. I remember reading it in high school. I told Hillary this. I, re- I remember reading it in high school in 10th grade and having reading it and reading on after we were supposed to read a certain chapter, and I just kept reading, and I read <laughs> till the end, and then I watched the movie before anybody in the class, and, I mean, it, it really, really changed my life, you know. Yeah. yeah. I was in one of the schools uh, a few years back, 
and they had uh, let the eighth graders come in uh, to hear me speak. Uh, usually it's ninth grade and up, but, but the school wanted to take the opportunity because uh, they read in ninth grade at that school. So they let the eighth graders in, and this little girl in front of me, she says, leans over to her friends, and she says, so what is this to kill a mockingbird about? She goes, I don't know. She said, but my sister's been reading that book, and she came into the house the other day and went straight to her room, and I looked in on her because I wanted to go outside and play, and she was reading the book, and then... I went up to call her down for dinner, and she's still reading the book. <laughs> and then I got up the next morning, and she's still reading that book. So that would be pretty good. I thought, that's yep, it. That's it. That's the sign of a good book, for sure. I, I actually saw the movie way before I ever read the book. I, I saw the movie probably for the first time when I was five. And, of course, I didn't understand any of the court scenes or, or what was right. really really going on. But when I read the book finally in high school, because it was uh, part of the curriculum, it was just cool to discover all these new characters that I, I never really knew existed. And I, I think I understand, Mary, that you didn't read the book until later in your life. Is that true? That's true. Yeah, I I didn't read the book until after I had uh, my daughter. I think she was about two. I think um, Professor Inge had asked me to come over to the college to speak to his English lit class, and I thought, well, I don't know what I'm going to talk to his English lit class about, but okay. <laughs> well, almost the first words out of his mouth before we could even get seated at the table. So, what was your favorite chapter in the book? <laughs> I guess from the look on my face, he realized I hadn't read the book. (laughs) (laughs) Young lady, your first assignment is you go read this book. Yes, sir. Okay. So I did. And here were all these characters that I never knew existed. It just, um, and it's, it's been fascinating through the years because when you read it in different stages of your life, you know, you you pick up on things that you didn't before, which I, I think is so wonderful um, that you can read it as a child and then read it again in high school and then as a young parent maybe and as a grandparent now. I, It's just a fabulous book. It really is. It's got all of life's lessons that Evidently, we still haven't learned that we still need reminded of, yeah. uh, which is great. But the, I think the relationship with, with Atticus, uh, with the children, is just so wonderful. Yes, it is. He's a hero, for sure. So, Mary, um, obviously you are constantly on the road. How does that affect what you read? Do you get to read as much as you want to? Do you read more than you th- ever thought you could, and and what kind of stuff do you read while you're while you're out? Oh, it's it's really sad because I don't have enough time to sit down and read. Uh, mostly, what I read now is like crafting books and cookbooks and <laughs> gardening books and things like that. With uh, so when my grandkids come, you know, we've got things to do. I, I usually because I do travel a lot. I I read things that are quick and easy, like 
gardening books and cookbooks and, and things. It's the rare occasion that I get the joy to sit down and read a whole book. <laughs> <laughs> That's just uh, a, real, um, a real pleasure for me to be able to do that. Do you have a favorite book or author of all time? Well, I, I <laughs> can't help but say much. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Of course. Uh, also, we were wondering, what was your relationship like with Harper Lee? It was really not very, very much of a relationship until I got older. Um, they they did the play down in, oh, I guess they still do, down in Monroeville. And I was invited down uh, pretty much every year to close the play and to visit with the kids. And I made so many friends down there. And uh, one day, Miss Nell, her uh, minister invited me to go over and visit with her. And I was like, oh, great. (laughs) So um, we started this relationship, and it was wonderful. She was so funny and loved to laugh. And, um, of course, she was having trouble reading by that point. She had one of those readers where you put the reader, you put the book underneath a magnifying glass with a light uh, because she had a macular degeneration. And I think that's the proper term. So it it was uh, not, we wouldn't have many minutes together, but the time we did have together was lovely. And then um, Cecilia uh, Peck, she used to go down in July and visit, and she would take the kids and go see Miss Snell. I just wish that that we had been able to have more time together. It's really kind of sad because I didn't want to invade her privacy, you know? Yeah, I've always um, heard and, she's very private. She, she was so funny when I told her that. She was like, young lady, don't you ever come by here that you don't stop in here and say hey to me. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't remember, I mean, she was on the set of the movie, though, right? Harper Lee? She came, she was supposed to come for like three weeks, and I think she came and stayed about two weeks. I mean, Making a movie is very boring. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Um, she came. She saw everything was going very well, and she she left. Um, the only uh, story I can tell you about her visit with us came through Atticus, and he said that we were filming the Mrs. DuBose scene, where he comes home and and speaks with Mrs. Dubose and Miss Nell was off to the side and sitting in a in a chair watching and as he's doing the scene he kind of glances over at her and he said he thought he saw a bit of a glint in her eye and a little little tears in her eyes and so he's puffing himself all up, you know, and he's getting ready for it. And when Mr. Mulligan called cut, he goes over to her and says, I miss now. I thought I detected a, a little glint in your eye. And she goes, 
You have a little pot belly just like my daddy. <laughs> a movie star wants to hear he has a pot belly, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's precious. So funny, but there were so many funny stories like that that just, you know, they, they remained friends up until Atticus passed away. Uh, and of course, Cecilia and her children were just totally devoted to Miss Nell. And Cecilia's son is named Harper uh, for Miss Nell. So I just love hearing, um, having that close relationship with the family because we were all so tightly knit. Uh, my relationship with the Pecks was, was very, very close. And Cecilia and I are working on trying to do a program together where we go on the road and, and tell little family stories growing up with Atticus. So Aww. we're hoping wow. to get that on the road soon. Well, you definitely have three people here who want to see that. Yes, <laughs> yes. We will. Uh, we'll. We'll have a road trip if you don't come to Amarillo. <laughs> well, we'd love. To, we'd love to. We're right now. We're trying to find venues where we can go. So we'll have to see uh, what comes up. But if you guys know anybody who'd like to come, would like to see us, just call me back. Let me know. <laughs> Absolutely, we're on it for sure. <laughs> so, Mary, what are your um, children and your grandchildren, what do they think of all this? I mean, I know they've grown up with knowing, obviously, that you were in the movie, but, you know, have they read the book? Do they do they oh, watch yeah. the movie often? Um, I, I don't think they watch it often, no, but they've seen it. You know, it's so funny because my, my youngest, who's, uh, she's like five now, and uh, she called me and she's like, Grandma, you're on TV. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like, okay. <laughs> but it's so funny, you know. They know that Grandma goes on the road a lot and that she is famous, as they say. But I don't know that they quite get it until they come and hear me speak. Then, then they'll understand better about why I'm on the road and what I do because my main focus is education and getting kids to really pay attention to their studies and take advantage of the education that we give them and to be willing to go above and beyond what the school wants by reading and using their local library if they don't have a good library at home. I that's one of the things that we really, Cecilia and I both feel we had the such a great advantage because we had good libraries at home. Uh, my father, that was one of the things when when Daddy died that the boys didn't didn't want his library, and I was like, "Oh, I do." <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I did, and uh, it's it's been a great comfort to me through the years that I can go through and read, you know, books that he had read. And I wish that other children had that, but I realized that now it's all the Internet and all that sort of thing. I just worry about what else they're getting with that. <laughs> That's part of an education I wish they didn't have. 
Right. And do you think there, I mean, there is a difference between the physical copy, holding a book, like you said, like somebody else has held, this was my dad's book, you know, it's, it's just yeah. a different feeling than, you know, a digital copy or a ebook or, you know, I mean, it's still a good book and you still get the experience of it, but sometimes the physical copy does have that special meaning, I guess. It does. And, you know, I, I so frequently am off the grid. Uh, I'll be in places where it's, it's like here at the farm, I don't have Wi-Fi and all that kind of stuff. If I need to use a computer, I've got to go to a neighbor's house who has that sort of thing because I don't keep that. Uh, when the when the kids are here, you know, I don't want them to have television and all that sort of thing. I want them to be able to go outside and go play. And, and if, if it's a pucky day, then they can go grab a book and read a book or we'll do a craft or... The, the girls are really big into crafting now. They're they're really into that. So that's been a lot of fun, and, and they love to cook. My grandchildren just thrill me to death because they love to cook. It's a lot of fun, and so we look at different cookbooks and see what, what different people have done. I, I'm very interested in reading how different chefs, their histories into how they have become chefs and what piqued their interest. So it's it's fun, you know, because a lot of times you say cookbooks and people just kind of, oh, yeah, yeah, but, but <laughs> those kind of cookbooks are really great. One of the things I wanted to kind of touch on, we had a couple of high school girls that came on and they, you know, they talked about what they were reading. We were kind of just wanting to know what the younger generation is, um, you know, kind of into. And a lot of them mentioned that most of the books that they read are all about strong female characters. Do you think like now looking at Katniss Everdeen and looking at, you know, these really strong female roles, I really feel like Scout kind of started this whole thing. Do you feel that way? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I I think, um, you know, she really was such a, an intelligent child. And I think a lot of that has to do with the way she was treated by Atticus. She was given the right to be able to be educated. And if she asked the question... Atticus took his time, and he answered that question, no matter the subject matter, and never treated her like a little kid. I know that a lot of the males in my life growing up in the South, oh, she's just a girl, you know, and and it would be, oh, now, darling, you know, you don't need to know about all. Instead of having an adult conversation about it. Just sit um, there and look pretty. (laughs) <laughs> and I think that's, you know, the difference, because nowadays a lot of fathers are very involved, and there's a lot of fathers out there that take Atticus Finch as their mentor. Our girls today are at a much better position than they have ever been before, and I just want to see them take the bull by the horns and run with it, because we have... So many advantages that were not available to us when I was growing up. Anybody else? (laughs) (laughs) We are so thankful. Thank you so much for for taking your time and and speaking with us. And uh, is there anything else you want to end on? 
Well, I just, I, I want to really encourage everyone to, to read more. Use your local library. They are, your librarians are there to help, and they are just wonderful. And uh, keep on reading. I'm, I'm so thrilled with uh, this choice that you all have made. Thank you so much. It's, it's been a, a great ride. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, to be and such an honor to be a part of a book that is so important uh, and a film that has lasted all these years and has helped so many people. So thank you. Well, thank, thank you. you. We appreciate you so much. And I, I think I speak for all of us in the room that you, I mean, your role in this has impacted our lives forever. So we appreciate you as well. Thank you. Check Me Out is recorded in the FM90 studios on the Washington Street campus of Amarillo College. Special thanks to Scotty Vanderford, Colin Lutz, and Stevie Brashears who designed our really cool logo. Also a huge thanks to The Mag 7 for providing all of our music. Make sure you hit subscribe wherever you may be listening.